three months after I launched a company last year, someone asked me, who would you get this in front of? And I said, Jessica Alba. I explained why I thought she was like just the perfect person. And a few months later, I think that's the biggest thing. Network, network, network. You never know what door is going to open. Be kind to people, be helpful to other people. And it's just, you know, that's how it happened. It was like somebody knew somebody who knew somebody who knew somebody. And they were like, oh, you should send this here. Here's the address. And I'm like, what? And lo and behold, it appeared on her stories. And then it appeared on her actual feed saying that it was one of the best children's products out there. Again, do I have any connections to Los Angeles and Hollywood? No. <laughs> but did I kind of make that dream come true by being kind and collaborating with fellow women entrepreneurs, women business leaders? That's how it happened. Welcome to CEO School. I'm your host, Sanira Madani, and I believe that you deserve to have it all. Less than 2% of female founders ever break 1 million in revenue, and less than 25% of women are breaking the C-suite glass ceiling. And our team at CEO School is on a mission to change that. Each week, you'll learn from incredible mentors who are breaking the statistics, as well as women well on their way sharing how they defied the odds so that you can do it too. If you are an ambitious woman who wants to create a life of impact through financial freedom, self-growth, and find confidence in your voice, grab a seat because class is officially in session. This episode is sponsored by The Club, a quarterly box and digital monthly community to help you level up in leadership and life. Learn more today at join.theceoschool.co slash the club. Hi, everyone. Welcome to CEO School. On today's Monday episode, I have such a treat for you. Today's guest is a board-certified pediatrician with a passion for environmental health. Dr. Manasa Mantravadi is the creator of Ahimsa, a line of stainless steel diningware for kids to help reduce their consumption of harmful chemicals in plastics. She's on a mission to create a safer, kinder, and healthier future for all kids while educating parents along the way. Ahimsa has been featured in Parents Magazine and endorsed by endless celebrities such as Jessica Alba, Eva Longoria, and Rachel Ray, just to name a few. Recently, Good Housekeeping Parenting Award of the Year went to Ahimsa's product and its founder, Manasa. Manasa, welcome to CEO School. Thank you for having me. Hello, everybody. <laughs> I am so excited to have you. We were just having our pre, uh, pre-show banter, and I was like, I need to turn the recording on because there was so much good in the conversation we were already having. This is going to be such a treat of an episode for a few reasons. So one, Manasa is a board-certified pediatrician. She has been a pediatrician for majority of her working professional life, and she's worked in major hospital systems and just has done the doctor thing. She is a doctor. So we all know that she is smart AF. But number two is she took a problem that she saw as a doctor and turned it into a solution to help parents, to help children, and to help the environment. And this product, Ahimsa, is, it sounds really simple. It is kids' dinnerware. It's plates and cups and forks, but it is the number one utilized item in my house every single day for my kids. The plates are gorgeous. They are stainless steel. It's so easy to throw into the dishwasher. 
and but they're beautiful. They have this like amazing rainbow color palette over them. The sizing of the little bowls and cups is just perfect for their portion sizes. And my kids will literally come back if I put any other plate in front of them. They're like, where's my rainbow colored plate? So <laughs> it works for mealtime as a busy mom. Um, and this incredible doctor, woman, powerhouse entrepreneur created this product. And I'm always mind blown by entrepreneurs like you. And so I'm so excited for all of you to get to hear her story and learn from this incredible entrepreneur. Well, that was a great, amazing introduction. I should have you at every dinner party. (laughs) That's, that is what, but that's how I feel about when I, when I interview you guys. I mean, I get so excited about your journey one I've been there in a different set of my journey. And, but it's still, still so fun to learn about, I mean, entrepreneurship, think about this, right? Every single thing that we touch, every single thing, this pen that I have in my hand, these glasses, this little mirror, my mouse, the software I'm using zoom was created by a human, this concept or whatever, the software that we're using to even record this, it was someone's idea and they had it in their head. And then they brought it to life. I'm mind blown that everything is entrepreneurship. Like every single thing is entrepreneurship. So I love that. I love hearing stories of how it was built. Why was it created? I'm pumped today. It's so true. I have the, it's interesting because I have the exact same, as I went into this world of entrepreneurship, I've had that same feeling like everything around us, you know, going through this and understanding that somebody else has gone through this to get exactly that pen on your desk. Is kind of a crazy, you know, realization, I think, epiphany for every entrepreneur. It, it really is. It really is. And it's so fun to kind of like learn about everyone's journey. The journey part is the most interesting. And what's so fun is that almost when we zoom out and I'm so excited to share your journey, there's so many similarities that you can pull on the same thread that has taken, it doesn't really matter the product, the service, there's still the same lessons that entrepreneurs go through and learn. And that can be applicable, not only to just business, but in life. Like there are so many life lessons that come from entrepreneurship. So I'm fired up. I'm fueled up. You guys can feel my energy today. Um, I got up at five 50 this morning to go for a walk, uh, with my friends. And I haven't done that in a while. And it was just so filling to my soul. So every single Monday, I promise I'm going to come with this energy with my walk done in the morning. Manasa, I hope you are. So I know you're pumped. Tell us, how did you start? Tell us your journey. Tell us about how you became a pediatrician and then when this Ahimsa moment happened. Yeah. So, you know, I think it was in my blood to be a pediatrician. I have loved children since I was a child. I was that seven-year-old who acted 24 from a young age, you know, always trying to take care of children. So I think that innate sense of love for children has always been with me. Um, And I grew up in a family of, you know, medicine. And so I think understanding that I could do some really wonderful things for kids was what inspired me to go into pediatrics. And so, you know, I have been a pediatrician for many years now. And regardless of what career path, you know, you're just talking about your friends, you keep in touch with those people who you're close with, right? Like your best girlfriends for everything. So that includes pediatrician moms. So uh, and we don't know the answer to everything. We text each other when our kid has a cough and, and we do the same thing <laughs> because we want a sounding board, you know? And so um, really Ahimsa was born out of a conversation between my girlfriends from residency. Um, and we were texting each other, you know, all of us trained in Chicago together. We take care of kids. And um, one of them who's a neonatologist texts our, our thread. What? 
neonatologists. So they're, they take care of premature infants. So in, in, you know, if your baby is born before 37 weeks and needs uh-huh. to be nice to you, um, that's, that's what she, she does. And she's an amazing human being. And, um, and she pointed out that plastic was bad for all of our kids on this text message chain. And so basically that's, that's where it all started. Um, in 2018, the American Academy of Pediatrics came out with a pretty big policy statement that said, hey, shocker, we know plastic actually is not just bad for the planet, it's also bad for children. And they gave some specific recommendations to parents. One of those was to use glass or stainless steel. And essentially all of my fellow pediatrician moms didn't know what to do with their kids' dishes. And I just kind of pulled out my stainless steel from India because you know I made them the same mistake. When my kids were first eating, I got those cute little suction bowls and the, you know, the Disney characters and plastic. My mom came over and she was, you know, like the basic mom. She's like, what are you doing? You can't feed my grandchildren out of it. So I went to work. I came home. It was all replaced with Indian stainless steel. And when I told my girlfriends that I had this, they each said, can your mom get me like six sets of these? And I thought, huh, this is interesting. <laughs> that- your mom is actually the product owner and designer. She sure is. She Just sure for is. our audience to know. So Manasa <laughs> is uh, in, of Indian descent. And when she referenced the term Desi mom, that particular term is referenced to almost all South Asians um, call ourselves Desis. It's just like a, it's just like a cultural name of the culture, but just like any other culture, there's like a cultural mom. And when she described the Desi mom, it is like the, the loud and obnoxious, uh, <laughs> grandma who is always telling us that we're doing things wrong for our children. So I just wanted to, I just wanted to kind of like reference that for people who heard that, like, what's a Desi mom. We all have that in every culture. I, I was going to say in every culture we have that. And I can tell you when I think my it's mom just called grandma, I think that's I think called, grandma. Just called grandma. Yeah. Okay. So grandma comes over and she's like, what are we doing with all this plastic? We need to use the traditional stainless steel dinnerware that is traditionally used in Indian family homes. Correct. Okay. Correct. And so, um, you know, lo and behold, I realized that when this policy statement came out, I had a solution because I happened to be Indian. Right. And we're used to that. But then I realized for the American parent in the United States didn't have that same option. And so I felt like, how could we have such a big problem with plastic affecting children's health and a very, very tried and true simple solution that is used around the world, but it wasn't available for the American parent. And that's when I realized like, this is something that I want to be able to do. And I never thought about this as a business. I thought about this truly as a solution for parents because it was so simple, like it already, it was there, you know? Um, And so I wanted to really kind of take my roots in India and my understanding of the science behind why stainless steel was better and really bring it to the market. And it's the whole thing. So, but I will tell back to my mom, I can tell you when she saw that policy statement and that like 67,000 pediatricians agreed that plastic was bad. She was like, I told you, I told you so, you know? So that was like (laughs) the biggest, I told you so moment. In but the now you have the most gorgeous dinnerware line. And you're right. It is simple. Actually, what's interesting, you know, I'm Pakistani. There's a lot of tradition in my household. I'm really connected with my culture. I try to be as connected as possible. I had not even thought, even though like I was, you know, had access perhaps to stainless steel dinnerware, uh, my, my, you know, parents travel to Pakistan once a year, bring back all the stuff, suitcases filled of like things in our home. And 
I've never thought about even using stainless steel dinnerware at all. And you're right. We all know plastic is bad. We are doing our best or well, most of us are trying in different ways to consume less plastic, but there is still so much plastic that we utilize in our, in our home that it's tough, like where to begin. And we eat out of, of actual plates as adults, Exactly. you're right. Like, are, should we give everything, even bottles, like bottles are all plastic since you're a newborn. I mean, I'm still, my, my two-year-old still drinks out of a plastic. That's her bottle. How are you going to change this? What are we going to do? Yeah. What are we going to do? About this? We're, we're going to band together and we're going to create yeah. a movement. And it has so happens that, you know, Ahimsa is really a public health mission. We just happen to serve it on cool rainbow steel. So people are yeah. listening. And I think that's yeah. what I've learned from the business world that, me as a single pediatrician, I can talk to my patients in my office. I can talk to them in the hospital. I can, even a band of pediatricians can do it. But at the end of the day, for these big moves, right? Legislation needs to change to be- have better oversight. So it's not on the consumer, right? It's not on you to say, I need to look at all these ingredients and make sure that this is okay for my kid. So that stuff takes a long time, right? This, these big regulation changes. But what I've really learned is big business drives social change, right? So when you have a business that is, you know, successful and has a voice and um, can really spew out information and the solution, that's when people are listening and they're able, because we're providing a solution, right? We're not just like scaring them. We're also saying, you know, here's a solution. And for me, it's always been about the mission and the movement. And I, I hope that in a few short years that are like, that there are a thousand different companies doing this because then that means like the mission is, is being accomplished, right? Because if I have competition, it means I did something right. And it means that parents are listening. It means the industry is listening and it's going to force the regulation to listen. And then, you know, at the end of the day, like what we do today impacts the future for our kids. Like we'll be, we'll be long gone, but we're leaving behind like their health and safety and the future of the planet. And so it really is our job to fix this. So that's how we're going to do it. We're going to band together as parents because we're not going to settle for anything else. You know, that's in my mind, it's that simple. (laughs) Amen, sister. My like shoulders shrugged back. I was like, this is how we're going to do it. I'm in, I'm in for it. And you were right. And that's what entrepreneurship and building a business can do. It's not just about your own freedom of dollar and time. It's really about making an impact truthfully, what is your why statement? Why are you actually doing this? And this is that why it's so difficult. And I know we're going to get into that because you and I text every other day about how (laughs) difficult entrepreneurship is, uh, but it's worth it. Like at the end of the day, if you can make that movement, if you can make that impact and you are making that impact, you made an impact in my home. You made an impact every single day. Those pretty dishes that actually look I cleaned out my entire like drawer because of your four set. <laughs> nothing else. We yeah. Nothing Cause else. you really like, you, you really don't. That's kind of the goal, right? Is to minimize, just buy better and force other companies to do better. So we don't need to have like a 18 million things that we just consume and throw away. We just need the four, like the four and just use them for generations. That's it. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So you changed, you did, you changed one house and the that mentality of that. And so I'm sure that there's, I don't know, thousands and thousands. You are a brand to be reckoned with. I want to talk about how in this short amount of time you have had every major (laughs) 
mom celebrity endorse you, by the way. Like literally the creme de la creme of mom brands, Jessica Alba with Honest Company says your dishes are what her kids use. Manasa, I'm so proud of you. And Manasa is part of our CEO School 2.0 mentorship program. And so honestly, this is like, it's cool when, I mean, I want women, all women to succeed, but it's so fucking cool to see (laughs) you do this and to have Jessica Alba shout you out to say, this is what my kids use. How did that happen? Oh, you know, it's, it's, you know, I hadn't before. So I have to tell you the business world is one of the things that you told me was so poignant, I think, because medicine is a different beast, right? There's, it's always just work hard, work hard, work hard. And it's only one person, right? Like it's like what you do. And then the business world, it can be so much bigger and you can have a bigger impact on many different people. Maybe not on that one-to-one with your patient, but I think for me, one of those things I've learned in the business world is this idea of um, vision boarding, which we did very early on in CEO school too. And I swear, I, I am very convinced that if you, this is how I live my life. If you set out to do good in the world, the universe conspires to help you. And we've talked about that before too. And on my very first podcast, like three months after I launched a company last year, someone said, you know, they asked me, who would you get this in front of? And I said, Jessica Alba. And I said, here's why. (laughs) I explained why I thought she was like just a perfect person. And a few months later, you know, I think that's the biggest thing. Network, 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 network. You never know what door is going to open. Be kind to people, be helpful to other people. And it's just, you know, that's how it happened. It was like somebody knew somebody who knew somebody who knew somebody. And they were like, oh, you should send this here. Here's the address. And I'm like, what? what? <laughs> and lo and behold, you know, it appeared on her stories and then it appeared on her actual feed saying that it was one of the best um, children's products out there. And so again, do I have any connections to Los Angeles and Hollywood? No. <laughs> but did I kind of make that dream come tr- true? by being, I think, kind and collaborating with fellow women entrepreneurs, women business leaders, um, that's how it happened. So it's not like I have a Rolodex of celebrities, you know, it really isn't. And I think one of the things, I'll tell you another like roundabout, one of the other companies here in CEO school is in kids. They do these really cool children's products to create, you know, this principle of diversity inclusion. When we were selected for Mother Magazine, they asked me, what other brands are you using? And so I did a shout out to all my fellow female entrepreneurs, including CEO school and go figure after all of that, it, we have connected and built some really great relationships and are getting further pressed together. So I think that's the thing. I think the, the answer to that is there is no Rolodex. It's all your fellow like entrepreneurs around you. I love it. I, that makes my heart so happy because what you just said was a few different things. And I want to kind of unpack that a little bit. This is like my philosophy of life. Manasa gets me on every whole level. I've, you know, I tell you this like every other night. I'm like, we are just this. I just love everything you said. I'm going to unpack it for our audience here. One, it's about letting the universe have your back. Like that's the first thing is just believing. And you're like, I'm going to do something good and really wanting to do something good. And I think most of us, all of us have a true fundamental desire to make an impact and do something great beyond just ourselves. And I think that's the most fundamental core piece to have success. It has to not be about you. 
and everything else will follow. And so I love that you said that as like the first piece of it and then putting it out there so that you have to put it out there. You have to let the universe know that this is my, my intentions are good, but Hey, you know, what would be nice if Jessica Alba would be the one to shout it out. Right. So there's like, you have to give some guidance to say what you actually want. And so I am a huge believer in manifesting, but manifesting with action. So I don't believe in just like, you can write in your journal every day and claim yourself to be a billionaire. Like that's not going to happen. Like the universe is, is, you're not just getting, that's not going to happen, but there are ways for you to make your desires ask intentions align with the karmic world in my, in my, like in my gut of guts. And if you want to do good, good will happen, but you have to ask for it. And you have to like build that intention around it. So you ask for Jessica Alba in your podcast, in your heart, it went out there. And then something else that you said that really hit home for me, which is number three, which I think is actually the most important is to be kind, like literally just be a good human. If you're a good human and then you want to help somebody else, that person will then in turn help you and community and relationships are so important in building a business. I see so many times that women think that like it's just in your own world or just business in general. It's in your own world. You want to do it singularly. One, it's not fun. Two, you're only going to grow as, as limited as your network is going to be. And so what you just said here, um, and it's so sweet that you met all these women through the CEO school club community. Like that's, what's like so beautiful. And I know exactly who you're talking. I can't wait to have her, (laughs) but you worked together. You helped, you helped give her genuinely wanted, not just because there was anything in it for you. There was nothing in it for you. You just wanted to say, Hey, I have an opportunity and I love her product. And we've been collaborating and you gave this shout out, which then now has transpired into so many other things. And so everybody listen up. Like this is the formula for success is this exact piece that Manasa just unpacked. And I love it. Thank you. It's true. I mean, I think everyone says it, right? When women help women, when women support women, when women empower women, like magic happens, I could not be more like living, breathing proof of that. You know, like it's, (laughs) it's true. I agree. But I think something that is really interesting is that we feel sometimes we don't know where to go. Right. So I think that women want to fundamentally do that, but sometimes they don't know where to go. And I think that was one of the things that was missing for me in my personal journey was I wanted, I was saying yes to so many things. I was showing up to the networkers. I was saying hi, hello, being kind, doing the things, but I wish there was a community that I didn't have of like bringing actual entrepreneurs together, bringing ambitious women together. And that is why in essence, CEO school started and the club essentially started was exactly for that reason. But I think the, the, the part that I'm getting here is like, we don't even know where to go sometimes, even if we want to. It's so true. I mean, I come from medicine, right? I, everyone around me is a physician. So, so let's start there. And we don't know, we don't know anything about business. (laughs) Like we're really good at practicing medicine, but no one had any advice. And it was, what's interesting is that's how I started to recognize the different opportunities when we just would have like conversations with people. And so my story really kind of the idea stems from my pediatrician background and my girlfriends, but it wasn't until I spoke with one of our friends, again, a new friend, it's not like we've been friends for years, but was an entrepreneur. And I remember listening to his story and that he just kind of took the leap of faith. And by definition, physicians are not risk takers, right? Like you do not want your physician to be a risk taker, like when it comes to your health, right? Like we're very kind of like on the chain of risk taking, we're like here, but then suddenly kind of interacting with somebody who 
has been an entrepreneur who had really built a successful business and said, yeah, I just took the leap. And it was very like, you know, cavalier about it. How can you be like that? And he said, well, what do you have to lose? So if you do this, what, what happens? And it was that question that made me say, well, <laughs> I guess not a whole lot. Like, you know, why, why not? And so I think surrounding yourselves and finding those opportunities, finding those magical moments of maybe just a dinner conversation with somebody who's kind of outside your field or outside your social circle, or maybe it's a book. Like, and so really holding on to those and then going out and really trying to find the people who could potentially help you. Again, some of that is the universe because I kind of stumbled into CEO school and I have not been on social media for like, like more than a decade. And I did find a group on Facebook called Female Physician Entrepreneurs. And then I thought, where have these people been? Like, oh my gosh, I wish I had you like a year ago, you know? And so I think it does, like you said, it doesn't just, you can't just say, oh, I wish I had a business mentor. You have to still go out and find them. You have to go out and find your community. But I think now more than ever, it's easier to find your people. I agree. It is. And I think that the digital world really helped us establish that versus previously. I think it, it was like seven years ago when I started Stacks, almost eight years ago now. It was more physical networking and like being out in the community and having to go to events. And like you couldn't scale that either. You couldn't scale yeah. your connections. And so, now is the best time to start a business. Like it is the easiest time to ever start a business because you can literally have a business online today. Like you could literally execute your business today, get everything set up for your business. It's not how, how difficult it was. Forget three years ago, forget five years ago, forget a decade ago. Yeah, no, it's everyone asked me, how did you do this so fast? I'm like, how can you not do it this fast <laughs> in terms of like getting it launched? Because I, cause I talked to my fellow female physician entrepreneurs now too. And I say, I mean, the, with the advent of some like things that you're doing at Stacks or Shopify, for example, when you listen to his starter story, his whole thing was, I wanted that, that first sale that I ever got as an entrepreneur, like that feeling when you're like, oh my God, somebody just bought something. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. He wanted to have that moment for everybody. And he wanted that ramp up that to not feel like this, but rather like a real entrance into this business world. And for me, it was just, it took a lot of grit and calling Shopify and saying, okay, now how do I do this? And I felt like my mom, like I was talking to these people on Shopify, they're like, okay, here's this, here's that random doctor again, who doesn't know anything about social media or like digital space. And she keeps asking us these questions, but it's at least at your fingertips now. And you didn't have that before. Absolutely. So now, so Ahimsa launched not too long ago. What is it? Two years now? Yeah. We're not quite two years, like almost two years old. Almost two years old. You've literally had so much success. You've literally won product of the year. <laughs> I mean, what's next? I mean, you know, talk us through, I mean, this is definitely a Cinderella story. I think that it's so inspiring. I know we're going to go on to see many lines of products from Ahimsa. I feel like you're going to become a household brand for moms. I'm going to manifest that on this podcast for you. I love, love it. Yeah. Talk us through like, what were some of like the hard points, right? So in this last two years, what are some moments that, cause this is the, what the world's going to see. They're going to see the fancy award and they're going to see all the success and the shout outs from Rachel Ray and Gail Simmons. And every time I turn on your social media, there's like another celebrity. <laughs> Tell me some defining moments for you in these last two years that were hard. Yes. So I think probably 
two big ones, um, and you guys have like really mentioned this on, on CEO school too, is finding the right people is hard. You know, entrepreneurship is a lonely journey oftentimes, and you really do need to surround yourself um, with the right people. You know, when I first started, I would have Joe Schmo off the, I'm like, you want to help me? Come, come help me. You know, like that was how I felt because I didn't believe in myself. I didn't really feel like, I felt like I knew what I was doing, but I needed so much help and it was taking so much time. And so surrounding yourself by the right people for two reasons. Number one, the actual skill, right? Like the skill sets. <laughs> and so I knew I had a certain skill set and I didn't have some other skill sets. Trying to find the people to fill those gaps was a journey, right? And it still continues to be a journey and will evolve. But I think in the early stages, I kind of just said, whoever wants to help can help. And that can often backfire. But then number two, it's the right kind of mentality of those people, right? So you always say, if you if your uh, circle isn't cheering for you, get a new circle. And I unfortunately did find that. And and sometimes it's, it's a really hard realization sometimes, you know, it's like, you know, the, some of the friends you've had for decades and, you know, people who you're like, just never expected from those kind of things really, I think, take a toll on you when you're first starting out and as you grow, because yeah, with success also comes other kind of relationships that tend to sour. And that was never what I wanted in part of the journey, you know? And so I think finding the right people not just in your business, but your support system, that was a big learning curve for me to kind of really take out the toxic energy and put into Ahimsa everything that was positive. And for CEO school, for me, that was kind of also expanding that into my relationships at home and kind of scheduling and really understanding that I didn't have to do all of this at the expense of myself, right? And so I think that was one of the biggest lessons learned. Um, and then number two is, like really start, dream big, like dream big, right? Um, but for me, understanding too, like starting small and scaling fast sounds great on paper, <laughs> but that start small, you can do that scale fast. Like that's hard, right? Cause you have to, so that was one of the biggest learning lessons for me, understanding cash flow and strategy and supply chain and, you know, hiring and, understanding all of how those pieces work together. It's not just like you have something and it just blows up. That next stage has been incredibly challenging. So I think, um, you know, I'll continue to kind of learn and learn from you and learn from other people and learn through my own mistakes <laughs> along the way. Cause yeah, there are a lot of them. No, <laughs> oh, I love that was really beautifully said, by the way, I have goosebumps. And I wanted to pause you, but it was just so magical. I'm sorry. No, it was amazing. It was so amazing. So I want to go back to lesson number one. I'm going to come back to lesson number two, because I've learned these lessons too. And I think every entrepreneur does. Like, I think that that is the truth of it. So the first lesson that you were sharing and you were being very vulnerable, and we really appreciate that here today on the show, um, relationships, relationships change in entrepreneurship. It is the most sour truth. We don't talk about this enough. I don't know why, um, fundamentally, truly, because I feel like entrepreneurs usually come from a growth mindset and I'm not saying that we're not wrong or there's not accountability on relationships and things that we're all doing. I think every piece of any relationship is always co-created. There's never 100% truth to any side. So we always have to own that. Even that 1% truth yes. always own. Like if there's any hard conversation that you need to have or receive, 
if you come from that place that 1% of that could possibly be true, you come from a different place of like self-acceptance, understanding, self-growth. And where I'm going with this is that as we go through our entrepreneurial journey, it is extremely lonely. And you hear successful people talk about this more and more and the more success they have that it's lonelier at the top. Like literally every CEO and executive says it's lonelier at the top. And I've always, and I felt this in my journey too. And it's not just about core friendship. There's been friendship changes. There's been really, because life is different at a different pace and you're busy working on this huge impact project. So there's probably things that you've done and I've done to also co-create whatever situations and relationships. I do want to always come from that place of accountability first, but unfortunately this has been like a hard lesson for many entrepreneurs that it does get lonelier as we grow. And then that piece of fundamentally want to actually challenge that lesson to say, why is it lonelier at the top? And we should have more of a tribe of people. I think it's because there's not a lot of, when you're at that place as an entrepreneur scaling your business, it's not that it's lonely. I mean, it is lonely, but it's not that you want it to be lonely. You just don't have a tribe of other people in that same stage in that life that you can relate to in that. I think that's the lonely piece. It's not that you don't have your friends who you love so much or your family. That's so incredible. So it's not like nobody, like you're not, you're like in an Island by yourself as a human. Exactly. No, but that connectivity of like, there's a level of like, we're moms, like moms come together when you like, it's a perfect example. Like you, you become a mom and you find your mom tribe and it becomes this like really amazing. All moms have this beautiful mom tribe and it forms and there's this amazing bond and you just become closer friends with your mom friends. And then the ones that are not moms feel left out of the group until everyone's all. So that ha- that's like a natural kind of other way for me to think about it from business into like motherhood. Um, but it's not that that person is lonely or that mom, the first mom was lonely. She's lonely, not because she doesn't have her friends it's because she doesn't have that exact same life experience taking place. So I want to kind of talk about that first thing that I agree with you. It's not talked about enough. I've personally been through many struggles of this as an entrepreneur. And I kind of want to come back to this probably for another show of some of those like really hard lessons and relationships that I've learned through this, but that was lesson number one. And then you said something beautiful again on lesson number two, which was to unlock it. Um, so you've got the tribe and you're, you're, you're trying to connect and do that, but also to dream big. That's what I heard on the, on the it, dreaming big is something that that was my biggest lesson that I did. I didn't know. I didn't know. I physically did not know that I could go build a, I mean, a billion dollar business. Yeah. I saw Amazon. Yeah. You saw like the big companies. I couldn't even fathom it. Like, no part of my DNA. When I started my company, would I be able to say that I could even go build a million dollar business, a hundred million dollar business, let alone today, I'm building a billion dollar business. I didn't even know that was possible. And so what you just said there is like, we do have to dream bigger. Why are we limiting that cap of growth? And something I love about Ahimsa, I love you as a founder because you actually dream really big. Monica, I've seen you. I've talked to you multiple times on this matter. And I think you downplay your vision. I think you downplay <laughs> that vision. You're, you want to conquer the world. You know, you're going to conquer the world. Uh, and that is a beautiful thing. My, my, uh, if you talk to my family, they'll tell you that I've been dreaming big since I was seven. I'm like, oh yeah, I'll change the world. And my dad's like, yeah, yeah. You've just always been. <laughs> and my husband, it's funny the way my husband describes me is, uh, yeah, Manasa, she'll just, you know, if she didn't know how to swim. She'd jump into the deep end and like literally almost drown and splash around and look ridiculous and almost, you know, drown a few times. And then 
she'll just like be back, you know, like the backstroke, like just lapping everybody. But I think it's that it's like, yeah, I could do this. Sure. Like I can do this crazy thing. Um, but the caution is it does take a lot of work to get there. Right. Like you can't just do the dream because I can dream all day. I'll, I'll dream up lots of stuff. <laughs> no, it is. There's no such thing. And you've heard me say this, no such thing as a million dollar idea, only a million dollar execution. And the execution part is difficult, right? Yeah. When you talked about of going from that first sale to that little bit of growth, that part is so doable where people give up is the hard stuff. They give up on the scale. They give up. And I think that's the, the difference, right? I think for women founded businesses, less than 2% of female founders ever break a million of revenue. It's not that we can't one. We haven't had a lot of women to go look at. We're just left out of the room or left out of the conversation. We have so much responsibility on us that we don't even, we don't even have the, uh, opportunities to go build that. So I think that's part of it. But two, I think it's, we have to take those risks. Um, even when we have to go from solopreneur to entrepreneur. And I think that part for us women, because it, we're taking on that responsibility of other humans, I've seen women not take that risk. And so you have a team, uh, a small, but mighty team that is doing magical things. How did you hire your first teammates kind of walk some of these entrepreneurs through that team growth journey? Cause yeah. You can't change the world by yourself as a solopreneur, no matter how big your vision is. Absolutely. I always say that I may have thought of Ahimsa, but my team is building Ahimsa, like truly, truly, truly building it, you know, in terms of um, everything that we've had today is because I have an awesome team. And again, a lot of that has been just these, I think, seizing opportunities or thinking about those opportunities when they arise. My COO, right, is a Harvard business grad and was the former like director of a franchise and marketing at Disney, right? For consumer product goods. How in the world is a pediatrician from Indiana meet that person, right? Like that there's nothing in my social circle that says that we would have met. But I think one of the things is again, with the networking and kind of having conversations and connecting with people and and I really need somebody to help me run my business and help me have that strategy and, and, and financial forecast and really understand this and having a friend of a friend of a friend, kind of same exact pathway for, for the Jessica Alba. Hey, I, you know, and then it ends up like over here and someone says, I know someone. And I'm like, I don't know this person. I only knew this person. Right. And then and that's how it got there. And then other people, for example, um, our, our graphic, I mean, if you go to our website, we look like some big company, but it's because I have a really good girlfriend who's a professional photographer. I have a really good girlfriend who's a graphic designer, right? I have a girlfriend who used to really um, be in the IBM space and understand tech who does our coding. You know, we're, we're a team of moms, you know, and my head of operations was, uh, I was at work one day and I was signing out to one of my fellow pediatricians and I said, man, she said, how's the business? I said, I really need someone to help me with supply chain. Like I, it's so hard trying to figure out all of this. And she's like, oh my gosh, that's crazy. My husband does supply chain and he just kind of stepped back because of COVID and we're working so much. So he's at home with the kids. You should talk to him. Now he's like my head of operations <laughs> and he has been amazing. So finding those moments and he's, he's qualified to do it. You know, it's not, again, just happening to find somebody who will fit the mold, but Finding the people who have the skill set, but also the passion for the mission, because you don't have to motivate them. They'll, they're doing it because they want to do it. 
I love it. This is going to be so incredible for you, Manasa. You are just such an incredible leader. You are building the right team around you and you're doing all of the right things. Like this is, you are the, I would say a perfect example of an entrepreneur who I'm telling you that has come from a completely different background, saw a problem, wanted to solve it. You're super smart. You are qualified and smart in your own way, uh, but nothing to do with building a consumer product, right? Like there's nothing like, yes, you have the qualifications to stamp that plastic as bad as the doctor, uh, but you, you learn something completely new, creating a product, prototyping, designing, manufacturing, supply chain, and Googled your way through it, <laughs> found teens, asked your, like raised your hand and asked for help. That's, that's the beauty. You literally utilize the best of your networks, raised your hand and asked for help. And anything is possible. Literally anything is possible. Your dream idol from a product standpoint endorses your product now. And I think that is just such a beautiful story um, that I know many entrepreneurs, I'm always inspired by, but I'm so excited that all of these listeners, uh, 50,000 of you listeners are getting to hear Manasa's story firsthand. And we are all about supporting women-owned businesses. And I can't wait for each of you to get these plates, this dinnerware into your home or gift it to a mom friend. And honestly, use it for yourself. I actually eat out the portions are perfect for my portion controlling of like the perfect cup of uh, rice or brown rice or whatever else I try to try, try to like me- not measure my, my starches, but ensure that I'm not overeating them. We all need Ahimsa products in our house. How can we get a hold of your products? Where can we support you on social? And how, how do we do that? Yes. So you can go to ahimsahome.com. So A-H-I-M-S-A home.com. And our social handles everywhere on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, pin us, you know, for your next party. Uh, it's Ahimsa Home USA. And um, Ahimsa is a Sanskrit word from India, meaning avoiding harm. And so it was really kind of a perfect word to describe the company because I wanted to avoid harm for the children, avoid harm for the planet. And so, and I'm Indian, so it kind of just fit. And remember, you can eat out of it, but ladies, you can also, they're the perfect cocktail glasses because they keep cold things cold. So, you know, you can use them in any ways after the children go to bed. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's so amazing. Congratulations and all your success. We can't wait to follow this journey alongside you. So we'll all be tuning in, following along, subscribing, liking, buying, sharing, tweeting. Everything is linked below in the show notes. Monica, thank you so much for your energy, for your time today. Uh, Congrats again. And we'll see you guys next week at CEO School. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast and show. Our team at CEO School works extremely hard to bring you the best content, authentic conversations, and expert guests curated every single week to keep you leveling up in leadership, business, and in life. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a five-star rating telling us what you enjoy the most. We will be sending CEO School swag for the next 100 reviews, so don't miss out. Write a review and send us a screenshot at podcast at theceoschool.co to claim your swag. Again, it's podcast at theceoschool.co to claim your swag. Thanks so much. We love having you here.